It's time for a little faith, recovery, and music. How about we start things off with a song today? Go tell it on the mountain. everybody it's your old pal tim we're uh doing an unplugged podcast this week what a week it has been you know just uh really really busy getting into the uh that time of year like we talked about on the podcast a couple weeks ago coming into the holidays and and everything that is kind of associated with it um woo! so um today um, and we're running late. I'm burning the midnight oil, but I, I gotta tell you, had so much fun today with Charles and Jason from the Way Out podcast. They came down to our neck of the woods and they interviewed Jeremy, and it was really awesome. And I got to be there and meet these guys and hung out. And uh, wow, is it cool! It was really fun. 
um, really cool podcast. It's called the Way Out Podcast. You know, another recovery podcast. You know, I don't think we can have too many of them. Just some great guys. And, uh, and of course, you all know J-Train. So uh, I think it was really cool that he could be on that podcast. And uh, we're talking about uh, doing a few things together. And I'm really excited about it. You know, and that kind of comes into the whole together we're better thing. And I really love the people that I'm getting to meet and you know of course you know we've got Pastor Christopher and we have Aaron and we have Jeremy but you know the more we get out and do these things the more people we meet and the more our family grows our recovery family Um, and what's also neat too is all of these other people that do so much for recovery in the Twin Cities area Um, like Charles and Jason having their podcast and, and Jeremy with Spirits at Rest. And Erin, um, she did her painting class last week at the Montgomery Recovery Hub, having another one tomorrow. Um, oh my gosh, Pastor Christopher, everything he does for New Day, getting ready to, oh my gosh, the big toy drive is coming up where uh, it's, we were talking about that last week. We go... Uh, we go down to Minneapolis and we stock up on a lot of toys. And my new friend, Phil Tyler, who I just love Phil, you know, and I've been listening to Phil for, you know, a little over a year now. And then through international Bible givers, I was able to meet Phil and you know, what a great guy, you know, we went to, we met at international Bible givers and, you know, got in trouble and that's, you know, that's, (laughs) I'm just kidding, Phil. What a great guy. He came out to FRM and was our guest speaker a couple weeks ago. And what a ministry he has for recovery. Oh my gosh. And it's so fun to be able to partner with these people and to be friends with them. And it's just, it's more, you know what it is? It's more strength in recovery. And it's so you know, I don't know if the word's fun, but it is fun being around them, but it's also inspiring. That's, that's the real word I'm looking for. Just being by people who do so much for God and others with recovery. It's gang. It's amazing. And speaking of that, I've got to do, I was really happy and proud that FRM was able to sponsor a a few folks who went through refocus recovery and were able to get certified in the state of Minnesota as certified peer recovery specialists. And if you've been in recovery for any time, you know, you've probably heard of this. It's uh, not counselors, but you're actually certified by the state to work with people in recovery on a one-on-one basis. And it's really cool. I mean, it's really cool. You do um, an intense training class. It's a uh, 46 hours. Yeah, it's 46 hours. And then when you're done, you have to take a test. And FRM was able to sponsor Colleen and Sean and Joe and Lynn. And they all took their tests and they all passed. And they're now officially uh, certified by the state of Minnesota as peer recovery specialists. See, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. You know, and even out here, in our neck of the woods, you know, I'm in New Prague, 
and it's so different from how it was even a few years ago. You know, we have uh, we have FRM in New Prague. There's a lot of AA meetings in New Prague. Now there's Spirits at Rest um, in Montgomery, the Montgomery Recovery Hub. There's Life Church where we do a recovery service every third Friday. You know, it's really awesome seeing all of the, and it's all God making all of this stuff possible because when you get out into some of these small rural towns, you'd be surprised. You would really be surprised at the amount of drugs that are available. A lot of meth, a lot of crack, a lot of blow, a lot of that stuff. And and I've seen it firsthand. And as I state in just a little over a year's time, I've played four funerals for young men from this area who uh, two of them overdosed and two of them died from fentanyl cut drugs in our little teeny towns. So it's there. And I think the days of sweeping it under the rug, you know, I think, I think people, uh, I think people really want to see something done about it. They don't want to see it in their neighborhoods. They don't want to see it in their schools and they don't want to see it in their communities. You know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't, it's a destroyer. It is the destroyer. And you can argue with me and you can say whatever you want, but ultimately it's the great destroyer. So I'm happy to see this change kind of taking place. And it's not just in the small towns. It seems there's more resources now. There's more treatment facilities. There's more uh, the CPRS training. There's places like Freedom Works. There's places that you know, uh, men and women coming out of jail can go live uh, in sober housing. You know, Jeremy has sober housing. Freedom Works has sober housing for men that come out of prison and they work through them with a program of recovery and it's, it's faith-based and man, it's just doing so much. And we're just seeing all of these. You know, I've, I've always said, I think, you know, us, us addicts and alcoholics, you know, however you want to call it, if you want to say whatever you are, I personally am a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Um, I have to work at it every day, so I never say I'm recovered. And um, the, the urge to use has been taken away from me, but the urge to be Tim is still pretty strong. <laughs> so I have to work every day um, on my recovery or uh, I'm going backwards. Um, it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. But us people in recovery, we're special people. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The most creative people I've ever met in my life seem to be in recovery. And we've, we talked about that not too long ago on the podcast. So much talent, so much imagination, so much creativity. And uh, we're special people. We're special people. And getting to see people like that, including myself, getting another chance. And if you're anything like me, 
um, by the time I, uh, by the time that I accumulated, uh, any consistent and real time, um, I had been in and out of treatment, uh, three times, relapsed constantly in and out of churches, in and out, you know, in and out of jail, um, three DUIs, you know, I, I was in treatment for the first time when I was 14 years old. Now, I think nowadays, I don't know if that's, you know, it seems being a, an old codger like me that everything is, is younger, you know, every, every, we're, younger people are so much smarter now than when I was young, you know, when, you know, when I was six years old, I, you know, I made mud pies and ate glue, you know, and uh, now I see six-year, six-year-olds, you know, online and on their smartphones and their tablets um, running corporations, <laughs> you know, but it, it changes. So I, I, I don't know if when I say I was in treatment when I was 14 really has the impact that it used to, but in 1980, when I was 14 years old, it wasn't real common to be that young and in treatment for drugs and alcohol. You know, I, I started using very young and, and I've always been a creative person. It's just, it's part of who I am. It's part of my genes. But so many times I got another chance. I was, you know, uh, how many times should we forgive our brother? What is it? Uh, seven times 70 or 70 times seven times 70. It's a lot. <laughs> That's the bottom line. It's a lot. And it's, and it's good to see that there's so many places that are out there that it's just, it, it's, it's great to see that there's so many um, resources available for everybody and so many people taking their recovery serious, but also taking it to another level of of helping people, serving others and serving God. And that's great. You know, it's, it's so cool, you know, but everybody has different, uh, everybody has a different recovery too. And not everybody's meant to do that kind of stuff, you know? And um, so it, it's, I don't say that in any way to say, if you're not doing all that stuff, that you're uh, not living up to your expectations because your plan is to do whatever God's plan is for you. And that could be a number of things. And uh, sometimes it's just our job to stay clean and be inspiring. I can be inspired by somebody. We had this discussion the other day, um, a couple good friends of mine, and we've talked over the last few weeks how there's, there's been some, you know, uh, there's been some uphill situations going on. You know, uh, I've been to a few funerals in the last couple weeks. And, you know, funerals are tough and we know they're tough. Where uh, a lot of times we don't understand what they're going through. But that's not the point. The point is we're able to be there for them. And, you know, we don't have to say a word. We don't have to say a word happy to sit here with my arm around you for hours on end if it makes you feel better and just them knowing you're there is often a lot 
and you know sometimes I'll throw words in and words will mess it up you know I I, I kind of caught on to something at the last funeral I was at where um, I reached my hand out to shake the hand of a person who was mourning and I said how you doing and I sincerely meant it but you know the more I thought about it the more it's pretty obvious how they're doing and that's a hard question to ask you know and and sometimes we say things that are just out of habit hey how you doing hey what's up what's going on it kind of hit me where you know the next time I'm in that situation I'm just gonna tell them I love them and I care about them um, and if they're comfortable give them a hug and let them know that I'm there for them and you know what that's a hell of a lot better than what it used to be for me because I wasn't there for anybody in those times and when something like that would happen it was it always seemed that uh, my ego would have to make it about me where um, I'd be the one who is bringing the attention upon myself or giving me a reason to drink or giving me a reason to do drugs you know it's all about me and poor me and what I'm going through now we understand that there's a fine line for that and we understand that there is true mourning and there is true grieving and and that's okay I'm not talking about that I'm talking about when we're in the midst of our addictions or our alcoholism and we feel a need to make the situation about us uh, for whatever reason Maybe it is to drink, maybe it is to drug, maybe it's just for attention. Um, maybe it's to set yourself up for a relapse if you're in the program or if you're working some sort of recovery program. You know, relapses are usually premeditated. So many things. And I know it's really easy for me to get off uh, on a tangent. And uh, those of you who have listened to my uh, unplugged podcast, I, <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, someone bring it back home and just say how how happy I am that people you know call upon me to help or to be part of something they're doing with their ministry or to be part of something music like my friend Mike Ball who does wonderful music you know we're talking about getting out and doing um a recovery night of music because y'all know how passionate I am about music and I'm convinced it, it's one of the things that saved my life and it's one of the uh, means that God gave me to use um, as um, a way to help other people um, because when we talk about sometimes not saying the right things I, I, I often feel like I'm much better with music than I am with words um, you know, sometimes when I chair a meeting or host a FRM or if I'm just a speaker or something or sometimes when I'm even just talking to somebody, sometimes I feel I can uh, do a little better just by uh, playing some music and touching their heart that way. And I have so many good friends that use music as well. Just wonderful musicians that use their gift of music for God, for praise and worship, for recovery, for for anything. But not only is it cool, 
it's super therapeutical, you know, when we do uh, reflections and music and just ask people to put aside whatever trouble they're feeling or whatever they're going through and take it and put it in your back pocket and just let a little music soothe you and take a deep breath. You know, so often we run ourselves so hard and we get caught up in our own stinking thinking and um, sometimes we just need to take a deep breath, open our ears, close our mouths and shut our eyes.
Faith, Recovery, and Music. So I'm just feeling so dang grateful. I've uh, really been working uh, working hard, working hard at my recovery. Well, I've been working hard at, at Tim. And uh, I've kind of kicked up my uh, meeting game, going to a few more meetings um, than I usually do, you know. And uh, with Faith Recovery Music, you know, we're working through the steps in the Recovery Bible. You know, that's when you, when you lead a meeting, you can get you can get just as much out of it as everybody else if you let yourself. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't, just because you're reading something out of uh, uh, the Life Recovery Bible doesn't mean that, you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a teacher because I want to learn too. I selfishly want to be a part of it, you know, so, uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's about teaching and learning all at the same time um but i sure uh i've been just having these great great moments of serenity and i'm getting more and more of them and this is this is real i mean this is this is authentic this is i all, all of a sudden i feel like a third step promise where you know, my problem is, is that I'll, I'll turn something over to God. And if it doesn't work out in Tim time, um, I find myself reaching to take it back, poking and prodding and uh, trying to manipulate the situation. We've talked about this before. So it comes out the way I want it to come out. And I always tag that with, and it doesn't matter what I do because it's still going to come out the way God has it. And I'm going to run myself ragged in the attempt to make it how I want it. And you know, the funny thing is, if it just happens to come out the way I wanted it, and that was God's plan, yeah, there's old Tim taking credit for it. Those are the things that I'm really trying to to leave up to God sincerely and honestly and to not take them back. And I'm really getting some awesome moments of serenity. And I'm just wondering if it's just, you know, it, it, it truly is. We get out of this what we put into it. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I'll give you an example. Um, I'll just be sitting there and it's like, I'll get these big overwhelming feelings of gratitude and thankfulness and just how dang lucky I am. And you know, we all know if you're listening to this podcast, I'll bet dollars to donuts. You're like me and you shouldn't even be walking and talking on this planet right now, man. It feels good. It feels good. And instead of getting an overwhelming feeling of worry and anxiety, I get an overwhelming feeling. It's like a massive warm fuzzy of gratitude. Oh, it feels so good. It feels so good. Man, if I could bottle it up and sell that feeling, I'd be a billionaire. But you know what? You don't, you don't have to buy it because it's free. That's, it's free. It's free. It's, and it's like not the things that people are searching for, you know, where, you know, if you only looked like this, 
for $100,000, you can have this kind of body. You can drive this kind of car. You can live here. Oh, these kind of shoes. Oh, these clothes. Everything, everything like that. That all has a price tag on it. Big price tag. But man, when you when you work on yourself and you pray and you give it to God and you get these really authentic feelings of like, I'm good enough right now. I'm talking about something that's real that you can work on now and you can get some pretty quick results with that stuff. And when I don't do it, I don't, it's that simple. When I don't do the things that are suggested to me for working a program of recovery, things my sponsor tells me, you know, you know, I always tell you about what my wife says, you know, it's like when I'm, when I'm getting squirrely, she knows the perfect thing to say. So Tim, when was the last time you went to a meeting? Yeah. I mean, that message received, right? We've talked about that, you know, but when you can think about all of the craziness that we sometimes have swirling around in our noggins, you know, when we talk about all of the worry and the anxiety and, you know, uh, just everything. If you're like me, I, you know, I, I still have bouts with low self-esteem. I, uh, I play music for a living and I, I still have, uh, you know, my committee will kick in and, uh, uh, tell me, uh, exactly where I'm going to screw it up. And you know what? I don't, I don't listen to it anymore, but sometimes I have to get loud. Sometimes I have to literally say, shut up because that's not coming from a good place. That's not coming from God. And that's not coming from hard work. That's coming from that committee that has lived in my head for so long. That committee is always there, but I can keep them under wraps. And when I keep them under wraps, I feel like I'm putting the enemy right in his place. And uh, when I get those brief moments of serenity that I've chosen not to worry about something I have no control over. Or if there's something that needs to be done, I've taken action. And I've done what I can do from my side of the street. But when it's done, stop. Stop. Because once you do what you're supposed to do, and then you keep poking and prodding then you're, you're trying to manipulate the outcome. You do it. You, you pray to God what you can do. God gives you guidance. And when you think you've done what you're supposed to do, you can pray. You can say, God, I think I've done everything I'm supposed to do on this. Maybe if there's something else I should do, you could show me, you know, but it's, it's, it's not going to be in the form of a obsessive worry. That is not how God shows you things. If you're obsessively worrying about something, you need to do what you can and then let it go plain and simple. And then you know what? We accept the outcome and the outcome's not, not always the easiest thing to accept, but that's, that's life on life's terms. Uh, in my drinking and drugging days, when I couldn't accept the outcome and I couldn't accept life on life's terms, I had to medicate. I had to medicate to make me feel better about things I didn't like. But you know what? 
that's been happening since Adam and Eve walked the planet. You know, we're not going to like everything that comes our way, and we don't have to. We just don't have to. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really tickled about it. And I'm really excited that it's happening, uh, happening around the holidays because there's so many, uh, fun things going on and so many cool things coming up. Like the, uh, I get to go hang out with, uh, my buddy Josh Edwards tomorrow and, uh, get to play, uh, play guitar at the Jason Gray concert. I, I mean, how cool is that? And that's, and that's something I've been, you know, that's what I do. I play music. I love to play music. And I'm only getting to do that because I'm clean and sober. There's no way that I would be doing that tomorrow if I wasn't clean and sober. Because if I wasn't clean and sober, Jesus Christ wouldn't be the priority in my life that he is. And my faith. And man, we get so much out of that. You know, that's that's when the good things start happening. We do the work. We pray. We do the work. We leave the outcome to God. And usually it's going to be pretty good. And I get to go uh, next week again with my friend Josh. Get to do the 3,000 Acts of Kindness at uh, the Minneapolis Auditorium. We're going to be playing music all day and getting clothes for the homeless. And, and I got to tell you what, man. you These things are amazing. They're amazing. You know, it's like... You say this stuff, and I know there was a time in my life, some, you know, it's like, it's not the direction that I started out on. My direction, you know, and I'm going to rephrase that, because when I was younger, when I was really young, I loved doing things for charity. We did stuff for like Jerry Lewis and muscular dystrophy and, uh, you know, helped out and did a lot of things, and I loved that. When I started veering from my path and I started doing a lot of drugs and started drinking and started taking on that lifestyle, pretty soon my life became more about the things I wanted, things that that Tim wanted to do. And if you would have told the Tim who wanted to go to the clubs and wanted to party and hang out and, and pick up women and you know, get drugs, do a lot of blow, bass, do all of that stuff, man. That's like, if you would have told me then that I could have had a great time and really enjoyed myself being the man that I am at something like a thousand acts of kindness, I would never have believed it. And I probably would have laughed in your face and who knows what else I would have done. Um, it wouldn't have been cool, but the younger Tim would probably have really enjoyed that, you know? So I think a lot of times we wind up becoming the people we were meant to be. And, um, I like that. I, I like that. I like that. I feel like, um, I love giving and I know you do too. And it's not a, it's not a bragging thing. It's not a boasting thing. I do it because I'm selfish. <laughs> I like the feeling I get. I like being out there. And you get so much in return. Oh my gosh. So I get to go hang out at the Minneapolis Auditorium all day, play guitar, sing songs, be with my friend Josh, meet a bunch of people, bring all of our stuff from uh, Faith Recovery and Music, and be a part of the solution. 
and just enjoy a day with fellowship, with my Savior, doing things that are helping the community. And I love it. I, I love it. And it's a blessing. It's not, it's not, oh my gosh, I have to go do this. Oh my, look at me doing all these great things. Oh my gosh, I am so awesome. Because that's not it at all. I love doing it. I love doing it. And since God saw fit to let me walk this planet for a few more years um, and play music and talk about my recovery and share my faith, I'm going to do the best dang job I can. And I love getting to do it. And I know you know what I'm talking about, you know. And that's that's my recovery and that's my my life that is so awesome. If I can shut the committee off, not have endless worry about things I can't control, getting caught up in, oh my gosh, I'm that guy that if I don't have something to worry about, I'll make something up that kind of seems real. It's almost like a Dan Brown novel, you know, just enough fact to make me think, oh, this could really happen. Yeah, right. You know, that's the enemy. And that's the enemy taking you away from your program taking you away from God, taking you out of the moment and making you worry about things that probably won't ever happen or worrying about things that maybe you could change with a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of action. You know, it's not about not... Think about the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer packs a wallop. So, and I know you've probably said it a bunch of times, okay? but we're going to say it and we're going to think about it. Okay. Cause it, a lot of times it's rote and a lot of times it's like saying the Lord's prayer. We just say it and it just, sometimes it's just words. Um, so let, let's say the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity. That's huge right there. I want serenity. I, I, I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want to be crazy, mindless, and spinning around like a chicken with my head cut off as I try to control everything and control everybody. So there's that first one. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Now, that's a big one right there because uh, as addicts and alcoholics, we don't really want to accept anything. <laughs> we don't want to accept the things we can't change because somewhere... Along the lines, we've decided that we can we can fix the things that we can't change, or we can uh, our ego or our pride tells us this, you know, a bad relationship, um, uh, a, a a situation where you're just better walking away from than anything else, and sometimes that's the best thing you can do, and I've even experienced that myself. Uh, in the not too distant past where um, I should have just chosen to walk away. Um, so God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And usually, you know, it says accept the things, but a lot of times it's a person. And a lot of times we want to change the people around us. 
We want to change our wives, our husbands. We want to change our boss. We want to change our coworkers or just the people we hang around with. They, they need to, if they would only think the way I thought. So as long as they're not thinking the way we think, then uh, there's something wrong with them. But you know what? They're not thinking about it. And we're walking around worrying about it all the time. So you've probably heard the analogy. It's like... Um, it's like taking poison and hoping that the other person, it takes them out. It's not. It's going to take you out. That's what it's doing. So, and then if you know anything about, that kind of ties in, kind of ties in with the whole acceptance thing. And uh, if you haven't read the acceptance prayer, I challenge you to read it. Because if you've never read it, your jaw is going to hit the tabletop and you're going to go, oh man. So, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage, the courage, because it's not going to happen by itself. You know, it's not in as much as I would like to say, um, I pray, I pray all the time, but I'll use this as an analogy. Um, you know, if you, if you are, if you're, let's say you want to lose some weight. Okay. This is just hypothetical. This is just throwing it out there. You can pray and pray and pray. But unless, and I'm just talking about just typical weight loss. You can pray and pray and pray. But if you keep going to McDonald's every dang day and supersizing everything you eat, you're not going to lose weight. It's the courage to change the things I can. It takes courage. It takes courage to put down the drugs. It takes courage to put down the bottle. It takes courage to trust in Christ. That is no easy task. We are so much more programmed to try to manipulate the outcome to how we want it to serve us the best takes courage to trust in God and it takes courage to get off your ass and do something it really does and there's just really no other simple way to put it and if uh if you're offended by that I don't know what to tell you you know because we've gotta have the courage to change the things we can and then when we change and, and we can't along the same lines when you're changing the things we, when we are changing the things we can, you got to put that victim card away. You have got to put that. There's no playing victim and there's no, well, if only this hadn't happened to me, if only this person didn't do this or this to that. Now I'm going to tell you what, that sounds real harsh because, and I, I'm of the same boat. I have a lot of trauma. I have childhood trauma and I still deal with this stuff every day. But I'm going to tell you something that Joyce Meyer says that I love. It may not be your fault, but you are responsible. Only you. Only you are responsible for what happens with you and your life. And you have, if you have the opportunity to change something, you can. You know, a lot of times that comes with, you ready for this? One of the hardest things of all, forgiveness. Forgiving somebody who 
did something really horrendous to you or to your family or or along those lines I know it's hard you know and that doesn't mean you you know I know there's probably a lot of different viewpoints on this um, but when you carry around that and you fester on that it's like poison in your system you know you don't have to run out and be this person's best friend but if you forgive them it'll help you feel better it really would you know forgive them I, for, I forgive you pray about it get on your knees and say I forgive this person I forgive this person and you know maybe there's more to it maybe there's not do it to help yourself do it to free you and help break the chains that keep us tied down that make us worry and and bring us that get our committee going strong and tell us things about ourselves that aren't true so God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference do we have the wisdom to know the difference between the things we can change and the things we cannot you know what I've discovered um, is that usually when uh, when I work on myself and the change happens within me any kind of change it's funny how everything around me changes oh my gosh what <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Oh, you mean I have to change? Oh, I hate that. Yep. But uh, the more I work on myself, the more I seriously work on a program, the more I learn about the teachings of Jesus Christ, the more I bury my nose in a big book, the more I get out and help people, and the more I fall flat on my face because none of this, none of this, has a fine print that says, by the way, you have to do this all perfectly because there's no such thing as doing any of this perfect. I am what what we call the, you know, you've heard the phrase sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I am the sometimes slowly poster child, you know? So uh, <laughs> it's an amazing thing. Think about that prayer, you know, and think about how, uh, again, I always say we, it's always, you know, it's me. I need to do that. That's what I need to do for my recovery. I need to work on myself on a daily basis. And the more I do it, the better things seem to get that give me these little brief moments of pure serenity. Just like, ah, you know, where something is simple. And I, I got simple, simple. Simple is a magic word. The older I get, the more I like simple. The more I don't like chasing and running and screaming and manipulating and being out of breath and frantic and worrisome. That's not serenity. Take a deep breath and go out and look at a sunset. You know, oh, geez, these Minnesota sunsets, even in the winter whole sky turns purple oh, it's the most amazing thing you'd ever see I, I mean it's amazing and you know the things that I used to think were important don't hold a candle to that kind of majesty plain and simple and that's what my head told me my head would tell me all the other things are more important all of the the fame 
you know, the seeking fortune and uh, abusing women and abusing other people and doing everything I want so I can get what I want. And, uh, you know, I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with chasing dreams. That is 100% not what I'm saying. It's okay to chase dreams. As a matter of fact, in recovery, we have the best shot at making our dreams come true. That's, that's 100%. I'll take that to the bank. So there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with chasing your dreams. But we don't need to walk on other people to do it. We don't need to abuse people's trust. We don't need to steal. We don't need to say, well, if I just put this in my pocket, this will make things easier for me. Anything like that, that's not part of it. That's not chasing your dream. That's you being selfish, period. And we know that you see a lot of things, by any means possible, I'm going to make my dreams come true. And then you see how a lot of these people are miserable. Miserable. You see uh, the high rate of uh, celebrities, and uh, I use the Elvis analogy, money, fame, everything, everything that you think that is what makes life worth living is a big lie. It's a big lie, you know, because if you, if you give up everything to get what you think is everything, you're going to be left with nothing, period. You're going to be left with nothing. You're going to be left with a big hollow hole in your heart where God should be. So anyway, I love doing uh, this podcast, doing the unplugged. Um, again, got some great stuff coming up. Um, tis the season. Really excited about, again, playing with Jason Gray uh, tomorrow night in Wells, Minnesota, and doing the Acts of uh, acts of Kindness coming up, I think it's Monday the 12th, and then uh, FRM, we're going to do uh, Faith Recovery and Music. We're going to have a, a little New Year's party. And uh, nothing big, you know. We're gonna make turkey sandwiches. We're gonna play board games. We're gonna we're gonna watch Laurel and Hardy, you know. We're gonna have kids running around and uh, gonna play uh, Catan Star Trek edition. And I can't wait. And uh, my mission will be to beat Josh because Josh is really good. I think he won last year. So, and then on January seventh at the Montgomery Recovery Hub. Uh, I'm going to do a free guitar clinic. So uh, if you've ever been thinking about learning guitar, uh, I'm going to teach four chords and a couple strumming patterns. And, uh, you know, the price of admission is you got to be clean and sober. And, you know, I'll even extend that. If you're, uh, if you're a parent in recovery and you have uh, a kidlet that has been wanting to learn how to play, you know what? Bring them. Bring them. You know, there's perks when we're clean and sober, you know. And and God wants us to, to feel these great things that happen too. You know, you work hard and you work a program. There's promises that come true. And they do come true. And I love being able to be not, I, I love it when the promises come true and I love to be able to be part of making promises come true. What a gift. What a gift. So uh, 
I think next week we'll all be back together. I think we're actually going to marathon and uh, do three episodes in one sitting. So, so be sure to check out the Way Out podcast with Jason and Charles. And I think next week is the one that uh, Jeremy's going to be on. And uh, when I was working on some faith recovery music stuff while they were uh, in my office recording, and uh, it got pretty loud. I guess could be pretty awesome. <laughs> so. And uh, so the whole gang will be back. Christopher, Aaron, Jeremy, and myself. So um, Christmas time in the city. Let's say a prayer. Dear God, thank you that, that we can spend some time together. And, uh, and I, can, I can ramble. I know I can ramble, Lord. But I love that you give me the opportunity. To, the, I love that you give me the opportunity to do so with sharing my faith and my recovery and even sharing my music that's your name god that i'm not smart enough to come up with this stuff and um, i just i love the life that you've given me and i love that you've never let me down and you're showing me more and more it's those paradoxes we always talk about god jeez the more the more i the more i get involved in recovery and the more i get involved with you lord the better my life gets. Oh my gosh, what? <sighs> it just, I don't know why I need to analyze that so much and think there's got to be something better that I can do because there isn't. And I think I've, for the first time in, in my long-term recovery, I've, I've been able for a month straight, leave literally and honestly and sincerely leave the outcome up to you and that's no easy task for me and i don't care how much recovery you have it's no easy task for anybody and if it is an easy task for you please please share with us how you do it because we're here to help each other and we all want to learn um because it's a wonderful thing and it's what keeps us sober and um, brings us together and prevents us from picking up another drug or another bottle of booze. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. And please be with so many that need you this week and lay your hand upon those who would need your healing. Ah, we say this in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, gang. Well, thanks so much. And remember, together we are better. And with God, we are unstoppable.